We must have done something right. We are back for week two of State Champs Extra Point. Greg Rakestraw, Bob Sambazzi with you. We had a couple of really good games that we had a chance to cover on Friday night. Uh, not exactly the offensive pyrotechnics that we saw in other locales around the state. More about that in a moment. Let's start with your game. Quality win for Southwood against a 3A McConaughey team that uh, was kind of in the conversation for the top 10 going into the preseason. Well, you look at McConaughey going in there, they dominate the game except the score. I mean, it's a 17-6 to ball game with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then beep, beep, here comes Southwood, uh, prototypical Southwood in the history of being able to throw the football down the field. That's what they did with a backup quarterback because their starting quarterback got hurt in the first quarter. And then in come Logan Barley and took over things. Kind of a transition period in the first half for him. Sure. Second half, they move the ball a little bit better and then end up with a big win. Tale of two halves kind of sounds like the game that I had as well. Almost an identical score. 21-14, Warren Central beating Center Grove. It's not exactly earth-shattering news most years when Warren Central beats Center Grove in a close game or when the defending state champs wins their season opener. But when you graduate virtually everybody off of your starting lineups the way that Warren did, they brought back a few more pieces defensively than offensively. But to put it in perspective, Kobe Moore, who threw for three second-half touchdowns for Warren Central, he was a tight end on last year's state championship team. He was a tight end when training camp opened for Warren Central on August the 5th. Their expected quarterback to replace Jaden George from last year's state championship team transfers to Indian Creek at the beginning of the school year. Wow. They bring in Kobe Moore. They have 31 yards of offense to Warren Central in the first half, but their defense keeps them in the game. In the second half, their offense clicks. They get something going. Three touchdown passes later, and Warren Central's winning streak extends to 15 to four over Center Grove, and to Levin in Metropolitan Interscholastic Conference play. Their reward for that is Trinity coming up on Friday night, a national powerhouse, but more about that in a matter of moments. So you and I were blessed with seeing competitive football games. What we did not see was light bulbs go out on scoreboards the way that others did across the state of Indiana. And there are numerous games we could point to of teams getting in the 40s, 50s, 60s, But how about two teams combining for 140 points? How about two teams combining for over 1,300 yards of offense? Bob, maybe the best way I can say it is this. The 3A defending state champs scored 66 points on the road at a ranked 6A team, and they lost by eight. Unbelievable statistic when you start looking at those points. They're <laughs> 74 to 66. Unbelievable ball game. And like you said, it was a track meet. Uh, you look at the scoreboard going bing, bing, bang. Who could, who could get set? Both of those teams suffered graduation losses from last year. West Lafayette more so than Lafayette Jeff did. Lafayette Jeff brings back a lot of key pieces, namely their star quarterback and Maximus Grimes, who is just a junior. Kyle Adams, the starting quarterback for West Lafayette, is back. He has already committed to play at the FCS level at James Madison next year. Those guys put up video game numbers a season ago. And while Shane Fry at West Lafayette, they are well beyond moral victory stage, and they beat Lafayette Jeff last year. If I'm Shane knowing all the pieces I lost from a season ago and against a team in Lafayette Jeff that might lose once or twice all season, knowing it was so many young guys getting significant 
varsity experience when it's not the third or fourth quarter of a game for the first time, and I score 66, I think West Lafayette's going to be all right. They're going to feel very comfortable in their skin right now. Yep. They got a lot of confidence coming in there in that big ball game. As you said, former state champion. So there's a lot of confidence there being able to mix and match early like that. Yeah, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. A couple other scores I want to make sure we get to kind of in the opening segment of the show. We talked up both Lewis Cass and Pioneer a week ago. Of course, those two teams on the opposite ends of Cass County. Uh, they've been on the opposite end of the scoreboard as of late. But how about Lewis Cass knocking off Pioneer 28-22? You know, we said last week, it's not the old Lewis Cass team that's just going to run the football. They're going to throw the football, and that's what they did in this ball game to get some spacing with a very good – people are going to look at this Pioneer team say, yep, here they go now. They've won it twice in a row. They're on a downhill slide. I'm here to tell you, boys no. and girls, forget about it. They're still pretty good. They put 22 on the board against a very athletic and physical Lewis Cass team. All right, a couple of scores to point out. Uh, Marion and Eastbrook. Again, first time these two county rivals have played in the regular season. And again, it's an Eastbrook team that lost a lot off of last year's runners-up after they had made the state finals in two of the previous three years. This Marion team is really good. If I'm Eastbrook again, I'm not into moral victories, but I know I hung with one of the best teams a couple of classes above me. Final score at Marion was 35-19. Athleticism. That's what you look at when you look at the Giants right now. That's what Eastbrook has been in the past, very athletic. But right now, Eastbrook is rebuilding. Got a tough foe this week going down, I believe, to Delta. So this is going to be a big week, I think, for Eastbrook. Had them Saturday morning in their JV, these very same two teams. Completely different than what I've seen in the past. So Eastbrook is actually rebuilding just a little here. Understood. And one more score I want to get to off the top, and that is Valpo beating Penn 34-14. Now, Valpo beat Penn. A couple of years ago, Penn then uh, reversed the decision during the course of the postseason on their way to the state championship game. But remember, Valpo was the team that got dropped from 6A to 5A after the brackets were released because of a change in an IHSA bylaw. So this is a Valpo team that won't see Penn again during the course of the regular season. And while we have seemingly handed 5A to New Pal, and they did nothing to dissuade that (laughs) by scoring 63 at Kokomo on Friday night. Perhaps Valpo as a team in 5A, we should be giving a little more credence to potentially coming out of the north. I'd have to agree with you 100%. And you kind of set your uh, barometer on playing pin. If you play pin well, hey, we're going to be okay. And you look at Valpo, they've had some pretty good football players over the year right now, and I think they're really starting to step up their game. So, again, Valparaiso, one of the scores that caught your attention, not just because they beat Penn, but did so by three touchdowns in the season opening game. Penn sometimes goes a month without giving up 34 points, and it happened on Friday night. Unbelievable. So, again, Valpo and Penn, one of the games that caught our attention from week number one. After this short timeout, we'll come back and flip the script. You thought there were great matchups in week number one? (laughs) Wait till you get to week number Number two, that comes your way next as you're watching State Champs Indiana Extra Point. I'm on the Blue Devil football team, and that's a great place to be because other colleges wouldn't let me be both a football player and a nursing student. And just because I'm a dog on the field doesn't mean I can't take care of people. And man, do I love people. The small class size at LTU give me awesome access to my nursing professors. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. 
Welcome back to State Champs Indiana Extra Point. Greg Rakestraw, Bob Stambazzi with you. My voice is scheduled to return at some point in time in episode number three. Week number one was fantastic. Week number one was crazy. We said that about every week of the Indiana high school football season. Now time for On the Outlook for week number two. And uh, let's kind of talk about trends. And let's, t- let's reference a game that I brought up in Warren Central and Center Grove. And important to note in that Warren Center Grove game, Center Grove star tailback Carson Steele did not play due to injury. Not sure what his status is for this upcoming game. But for both of these two teams, as if opening up your schedule against a conference powerhouse wasn't enough, let's talk about who they decided to schedule in week number two. Warren Central gets Louisville Trinity, who beat up Carmel in week number one. Center Grove gets New Pal, who beat CG 31-9 last year. So much for off weeks when you're playing in the Mick, huh? But when you're in the Mick, you, you expect right. that. You, you step up each It's almost like playing in the Big Ten. You're going to play a powerhouse every week. Well, that's what they do out of the Mick. But going down to Trinity or Trinity coming up, uh, this, this is just one huge high school powerhouse program. It is Trinity coming up, and credit to Trinity. Uh, and and if, if we rarely get outside of the state of Indiana, hence it's in the name of the show. <laughs> but um, – there's a little more balance, I would say, in Catholic school football in Indianapolis. In Louisville, it is Trinity or it is St. X. And frankly, it has been one-sided. It has been Trinity as of late. This is the second year in a row that Trinity has opened up Carmel, Warren Central. Last year, the Indiana team swept. Looks like the boys from Louisville have some revenge on their minds. Again, Warren, really, the closest game they played all year last year was week number two against Trinity. They were down most of that game and found a way to win 42-41. And again, for Warren, that game is at home on the east side. That's going to be huge because Trinity coming up after that big win over Carmel. Now what do you do if you're Warren? Who do you prepare for in sense of Trinity? What are they going to do that you saw them film against Carmel? How are you going to be able to uh, defend that? Let's talk about uh, New Pal and Center Grove. And again, New Pal put it on Center Grove last year. I, I, again, like we talked about Valpo Penn last segment, if you had said last year New Pal was going to beat Center Grove, people would go, okay, a bit of a surprise. The score was 31-9. to That is really what caught your attention. Uh, my guess is Center Grove will be ready for the challenge against a New Pal team that might be as good, if not better, than they were a year ago. Yeah, and you look at New Pal, they just reload. They, they lose one, two, three, ten guys, whatever it may be, and, and through graduation, one, two, three, ten guys fill those roles. And, and as a coaching staff, you look at the depth coming up through the programs, and they have a program down there. Being just a 5A school, it's phenomenal. Well, again, for New Pal, what they have this year, they really haven't had in previous years for as good as they have been. For the last five or six years, they've never had multiple Division I kids until now, whether it's King, the lineman, uh, whether it is uh, they got a defensive back that's going to play in the Mid-American Conference, and, of course, Charlie Spiegel, yet to determine exactly kind of what level he is going to play. I think a lot of us think that if he's going to play at the FBS level, it might be a fullback in terms of service academy football. What really isn't in question is he is going to become the state's all-time leading rusher, passing Samuel Morales of Elwood. The question is simply when. He had about 185 yards rushing. He's about 225 away from breaking that record. Players don't generally go for 225 against Center Grove, so it might be week number three. (laughs) It's a question of August or September at this point before Charlie becomes the state's all-time leading rusher. But you look at somebody like that with the people up front. 
they have as much pride in that record as he is going to have in achieving it. So that's going to be interesting. The challenge is going to be up front, how they want to really get the job done. All right, last week the storyline was some degree the Mick versus the HCC. It was a banner night for the HCC. Well, this time it's the North Central Conference versus Lawrence Township. So two games to focus on here. Marion, who beat Eastbrook mm-hmm. last week, and people have – I think rightfully so. Pencil and as they're the best team in 4A, it is a big jump up to place a Lawrence North team that people think might have their best squad in a decade or a decade and a half. Again, that is a big jump up for Marion. They've got some great athletes. Question is, can they handle Lawrence North's size? Marion hadn't seen a football team like this since no. Mark Surface. So that's <laughs> the big thing with the athleticism they have right. here. And, and I tell you what, they got athletes now. But also, one thing they have struggled with over the past is up front with the Hogs. Yeah. Their line now is together. And this is really a, compu- a complete unit on both sides of the football. The so Lawrence North team at 155 nothing against Perry last week. Again, really, that's not exactly a serious So We're going to learn more about a lot of these two teams. What's unique is that Marion and Lafayette Jeff – don't play each other during the regular season. Ten teams in the NCC, you only play seven league games. So the teams that are clearly the two best teams in that league don't see each other. And Lafayette, Jeff being in 6A, they'll go different directions in the postseason. So speaking of Jeff, 74 points, great win against a very good West Lafayette team. But this is a measuring stick game for them. They're playing at Lawrence Central. This game replaces Western on Lafayette Jeff's schedule, who's a solid 4A team. But this, I think, gives Lafayette Jeff a true indication of what they can do come postseason time. No doubt about it. Back-to-back big games for them in in, uh, the healing process. Who plays, who doesn't play. If they didn't get nicked up last week, the strength coming to this. But this is a good, good measuring stick for Lafayette. So, again, those are some of the games that are on our radar. Very much a central Indiana theme for week number two. One other game that I want to make sure we get because I think it's annually one of the best rivalry games outside of Indianapolis and its unique circumstances. Columbus East. Columbus North. They share a school district, but they are not in the same league. The two schools kind of intentionally go in different directions. Columbus East heads south. They have not lost a conference game since the Bush administration. (laughs) Seriously. Columbus North goes north. They got beat up by Avon in the Horseshoe Classic a little bit. Uh, but, But when these two get together, it is the social event of the end of the summer in Bartholomew County. Thousands upon thousands go to this football game every year between East and North. If you're kind of a fan that wants to take it all in, or you're not really a fan of, say, one particular team, just a fan of high school football, at some point in time in life, you got to go watch an East and North game. Well, anytime you get the backyard rivalry in play, that's where you want to be because it is a, the place to be seen right. and to see. And it's really, you know, open enrollment is kind of a word that gets used a lot around the state of Indiana at this point. <laughs> it's been that case in Bartholomew County for a while. So you literally have your neighbor might go to the other high school. This is a big deal when these two teams get together. All right, before we get to our next time out, we always love the chance to talk recruiting with Alan True of 24-7 Sports. This is Alan True from 24-7 Sports with this week's State Champs Recruit Report. A senior in the state of Indiana that recently picked up a new offer is Elkhart Central's Jono Decker. Six foot five, 250 pound two-way player who could play offensive tackle or defensive line in college. He was offered by Indiana State and they now joined Valparaiso, his other FCS offer. 
New Palestine fullback Charlie Spiegel is one of the state's most productive players. He rushed for 3,356 yards and 68 touchdowns last season and already holds offers from Indiana State, Army, and Dayton. But he recently picked up an SEC opportunity when the Tennessee Volunteers offered him a preferred walk-on spot. And finally, one of the more recent commitments in the state of Indiana was Brownsburg quarterback Ben Easters, who's only a junior, but decided to end his process and make a verbal commitment to the Kansas Jayhawks. Easters had an offer from Bowling Green as well, but said he had a very good visit to Lawrence, which had him wanting to be a Jayhawk at the next level. Easters had a great sophomore season for Brownsburg, passing for 1,881 yards and 21 touchdowns and also holds 3.8 GPA in the classroom to boot. For this week's State Champs Recruit Report, I'm Alan True. I admit it, I love working with money, negotiating, and making big decisions. That's why I'm majoring in finance and economics at Lawrence Tech. What's truly amazing about the education here is the small class sizes that give me easy access to my professors who truly care about my future. They even helped me get a great internship. And I was able to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing college golf. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back on State Champs Indiana Extra Point alongside Bob Stambazzi, Greg Rakestraw with you. Thank you to Mitchell Early and Chris Landers behind the scenes, making sure this gets to you each and every week. And we are presented by Lawrence Technological University. Time now for our spotlight segment. We hit on a couple of really tremendous individual efforts and performances from a week ago. How about a quarterback-wide receiver combo from Westfield and a 55-28 victory over Harrison of West Lafayette? Camden Simons, 108 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He's the quarterback. 10 for 13 passing, 314 yards, three touchdowns. Two of those went to Mason Peening. He had four catches for 168 yards. I don't know if I know football. I know math. That's 42 <laughs> yards a catch and half of them going for touchdowns. 55 points, a way to start your season. Makes a defensive coordinator have nightmares. I mean, you're sitting there looking at one-two punch. How do you defend that? And then the quarterback also is an outstanding athlete, so uh, this is so special to see something like this. And then for Westfield coming up this Friday, they'll take on a Decatur Central team that's smarting a little bit. And Decatur Central, the runner's up in 5A, graduated several key pieces they do still have a Tracy left on the roster so they've still got some talent but maybe not as much as a year ago they were beaten up by Franklin Central Westfield gets Decatur Central then coming up uh, on Friday night before getting into Hoosier Crossroads Conference play let's also reference Houston Swan sophomore quarterback from Eastern Hancock 301 yards passing all six touchdowns for Eastern Hancock as they dispatch of Northwestern 42-12. to And that's a good Northwestern team, so you just don't walk in there to throw six touchdown passes, but 300 yards is outstanding. But 18-31, I'll take that all day. So, again, those are just some of the spotlighted performances we wanted to make sure we brought to you after week number one. Before we go any further, let's tell you what's going to happen on State Champs Indiana on Fox Sports Indiana later this week. And for that preview, here's our buddy Lauren Plant. All right, thanks, Greg. Hey, it's week two of State Champs this Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Fox Sports Indiana and Fox Sports 
Midwest. Uh, if you haven't seen the show, you got to check it out. We've got great highlights. We'll have at least, I'm seeing here, at least eight or nine football games, but we've also got some volleyball, some girls soccer, some boys soccer, and we've got a great cross-country show on Monroe Central High School. Great event that took place last weekend, so you got to check it out. It's State Champs every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, Fox Sports, Midwest, and Fox Sports, Indiana. We will see you there. I've always been really good at math and science, and I knew I wanted to work in healthcare, but not as a doctor. So I chose Lawrence Tech's biomedical engineering program. I've pushed myself to take internships, like this one, at a hospital in an orthopedic research lab. Thanks to Lawrence Tech's unique, hands-on style of education, I'm graduating with a published research paper and a job. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back for a final time. You're watching State Champs Indiana Extra Point alongside Bob Stambazzi, Greg Rakestraw. We cover high school football each and every Friday night. We open by talking about the great games we had a chance to watch uh, last Friday. Let's now talk about where we'll be this Friday. Who you got, Bob? Well, the My Bash Sports Network and 105.9 The Bash will be at Alumni Field on the campus of Wabash High School with the uh, Alexandria Tigers. And Wabash, Alexander squeaks out a win over Westdale last week. Well, Wabash drops a heartbreaker, fumbled the ball inside two minutes going for the winning touchdown. So this is going to be a great non-conference game, old CIC rivals sure. at home. But uh, it'll be interesting because Wabash still trying to find a quarterback to operate this offense. These are two schools, when I think about it from last year, I don't think about football. I think about Wabash winning a boys' oh. basketball sectional for the first time in 52 years. And obviously, I think about Alexandria in the most dramatic fashion possible, winning the baseball state championship when it literally was in the grasp of Southridge in the bottom of the seventh inning. What are the expectations for these two in football this year? Well, looking for Wabash, they're trying to rebuild, reload yep. with Coach Hanley coming in there and uh, uh, numbers. Uh, have gotten a little bit better for them, but they graduated the Hogs last year, so they're piecemealing that back together. They lost their quarterback. Not sure where they're at with it yet. Uh, they're playing O'Neill and uh, Soderick back there. Uh, they lost maybe one of the top athletes in the entire county in the, in the Holly who got hurt last year in baseball, can't play football. So the Kelsheimer back at running back. You look at Alec coming in. Alec likes to throw the ball, and they've always liked to throw the ball, so that'll be Wabash's nemesis. How can they defend the pass against Alexandria this Friday night. As far as my game on the ISC Sports Network, well, it's not my game this week. I missed one game all year. It's week number two. I've got that other type of football I do with the Indy 11. So Jeremiah Johnson will be filling in for me. But our key game on the ISC Sports Network this week is a game that we have discussed uh, in, in large part already, and that is Lafayette Jeff. 74 points coming from the northeast side of Indianapolis against a Lawrence Central team coached by John Rodenberg in his second year at LC, formerly the head coach at Cincinnati Moeller. Of course, a traditional greater Catholic league power in the Cincinnati area. The Bears were competitive last week, but they lost at Hamilton Southeastern. And by the way, we've kind of mentioned this in passing. I will take this opportunity now to say congratulations to the Hoosier Crossroads Conference because they have had to take a back seat to the Mick in football for a long time. Well, last week, four different HCC schools landed victories against Mick schools. There's Brownsburg that's towards the top of the polls that beat Ben Davis 29-24. But also at the Horseshoe Classic at Lucas Oil Stadium, Fishers blanks North Central 26 to nothing. 
HSE, a win over LC, 24-20. And congratulations to Zionsville as they beat Pike by a score of 17-7 against their old head coach and Pat Echeverria, who left Zionsville at the end of the year, and they end up and going to his alma mater in Pike. So a game that we'll talk about next week in depth will be Lafayette Jeff at Lawrence Central. Other games that you will see covered on the television side of things for State Champs Indiana, Marion at Lawrence North, again, Jeff at LC. We reference Columbus North and Columbus East. And how about Eastbrook? They're scheduling up in their non-conference play as they take on Delta, a Delta team that blanked Muncie Central 42-0. Delta has now won their season opening game 24 years in a row. And the uh, Eagles... They got a pretty good team this year. Well, history says Delta's had good teams in the right. in the past, and you look at Eastbrook coming up. Uh, Coach Adamson not afraid to play anybody. I think this is a good move uh, to get them on the schedule and go down there and play. This is going to be big. The question is always again: you want to schedule up, you don't want to get your team beaten up, right? And, and, and that's more so in football than in our sport. Mm-hmm. That's always the fine line you got to walk. And nothing you look at too. You want to be competitive. Right. You don't want to go down there and be embarrassed. And so Coach Abson will get his team prepared, not big like they've been in the past, not as athletic as they've been in the past, but they are a competitive team like you saw against Marion on Friday night. This is the part where I bring up Delta's got a really good team. Yeah. Don't forget, Charlie Spiegel was there for a couple of years. This would have been his senior year with Delta. They are conference rivals, but they are in different classifications as far as the postseason is concerned. But good to see that group even without the loss of a great player now playing at New Pal, thinking, hey, we got a shot to do something special this year. It had been scary if he was still down Delta, and he's scary now when he's at New Pal. But still look at Delta. This team is really built for victories, and that's what they're looking to do. The thought of tackling Charlie Spiegel, that's when it gets scary. Uh, and, and thankfully, I don't have to do that. I don't think <laughs> I have to do that on any of these shows. Bob, an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. I enjoy it. Again, for Chris and Mitch behind the scenes, For Bob Stambazzi, this is Greg Rakestraw. We'll do this again next week. It is State Champs Indiana Extra Point presented by Lawrence Technological University.